Hello, and welcome to Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate, a show about buying and selling homes in Montana and the power realtors and power lenders that make that happen. We are your hosts, Colleen Wood. And I'm Alicia Retz. Each week, we will discuss the housing market, how to navigate it, and what questions you need to be asking yourself along the way. But that's not all. We will also dive into how to navigate the ins and outs of being leaders in business and how to build a robust and dynamic team within that business and navigating the world as a career-driven professional, all while raising a family. Join us as we share our highs and lows in real estate, business ownership, and motherhood. Hello, Colleen. Hey, girl. Hey. Oh, it's been too long. It's been too long. I love podcast day. I know. Me too. It's just like our own therapy. <laughs> we get to talk it out, see each other. I miss you guys when I'm gone. I know. When we're gone. And well, the summers here just fly by mm-hmm. and with so much going on, it's hard to get together, but it's hard. I'm excited to mm-hmm. chat. Me too. Today, we're going to chat about how to delegate. I love that. I've had to delegate being gone out of the office. How about you? Yes, always. Mm-hmm. I Delegation is one of the things I struggled with for sure at the beginning, but getting so much better at. And as my team gets better and more intelligent and yeah. understands the process better, it's easier to do it. You know, and how many people in our industry are not going on vacations? In fact, I just talked to a realtor today that is canceling her vacation because she doesn't have anybody to pick up the phone and keep her oh. business rolling. So she's She's not going to go. We were talking about, you know, hooking an airplane back midtime or something just to be able to show property and things like that. But, and that happens a ton. And, you know, that would make me really sad. I know. I was there for about two years where I didn't have a team. I was by myself. Going on vacation was crazy stressful. It was so stressful that I almost didn't even want to go on vacation. Right. And now I can really let go. I still have my phone on me and I still have to text and call, but I have the support system to get away. Absolutely. So one of the, one of the most difficult things about delegation is, is going through all of the tasks that have to be done in your, in your office, in your space and figuring out who is the one that's supposed to be doing that. Number one question is, is it supposed to be you? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's so true though. Like that's exactly right. Who is supposed to be doing what tasks and where you can fill in, but also where you can let them go. Right. You seem to be great at delegating. You seem to be- My superpower. Yes. You seem to be in (laughs) such a good space with it. How were you just so busy you didn't have a choice or how did you come to those steps? I don't know. If you kind of look at it, it sounds like I'm pretty good at shucking work and pushing it off onto somebody else. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, but, you know, really when it comes down to, right, like it's it's really defining what your highest and best use is and not just your highest and best use, but each person on your team. How can you utilize them in the highest and best way possible to where they can be most effective, most efficient uh, and be able to produce the most for your team? Exactly. So, okay, we talked about this and you've asked me my highest and best use. Let's talk about your highest and best use again. What do you have to do that no one else can do? Well, I've really been kind of defining like what my job description is. Number one, my job description is to provide inspiration and vision to my team and push that out to the proper people um, to to create, um, to have those things done. So if I want something created or I want something done, it's not for me to do it. It's for me to push to somebody else in order for them to create it. It's my job to continue the vision. The other thing that is my highest and best use is making sure that I'm having 
having excellent conversations with people that can refer me business. So of course, it's very easy. Realtors are my best friends. You know, I can't do my business without realtor contacts. And so making sure that I'm constantly building and cultivating those relationships. And, you know, not just that they're my source of my business, but they're my friends. I mean, we're all in the same boat together. We, you know, we do blood, sweat and tears together. And so they're my friends. So, um, but anytime I'm having a good conversation with a realtor, I am in my highest and best use. That's so fantastic. Do you find it exhausting or is it one of those things, if you're not in the mood to be social, you fake it till you make it and then it feels good? Or is it exhausting sometimes constantly having to put yourself out there and basically, yeah, but you, yeah, just put yourself out there. You know, I'm very structured on my time. And when I'm on the clock, I'm on, you know, right. and I make sure that for all of my time that I'm on, the that I'm on, you know, not really on the clock, but that I'm showing up to work. I mean, that that's what I'm doing. I'm having excellent conversations. But when I shut down in the evening or on the weekends, I, I shut down. Good for you. Yeah. Okay. So now with delegating, a huge part of delegating is trust, trusting the people that you've given those tasks to. How do you find, how, how do you trust people? How do you trust your, and you know, we've had some issues with past people we've worked with. Mm-hmm. How do you continue to trust the people that you work with that they will do a good job and represent you to right. the best of their ability? Well, number one, you know, circling back to the DISC profile, um, on the DISC profile, the C is your level of risk taking. And my C is like a five. So I am by nature very okay with jumping off the cliff, taking risks. I'm always kind of pushing the envelope and taking risk. I, I'm pretty quick to hire and also very quick to fire. So if there's somebody that comes on and and they're not somebody that's ever going to be able to represent me well, I just let them go. I let them go be free and right. to go be excellent somewhere else. Uh, I, it's not personal, it's business. And, and you're probably doing them a favor as well. Oh, if, totally. I mean, if you're feeling like it's just not there, they're probably feeling it too and they may not have the guts to actually do it. Absolutely. So, but I mean, it's important to number one, figure out what it is that they're supposed to do, define it, communicate with them what the expectations are, what the time frame is that they need to be able to perform that in. And always ask them, is there anything that's going, any obstacles that are going to prevent you from getting done what it is that needs to be done by the deadline? And if there's not, then there's absolutely an expectation that they have to get it done. If they don't get it done with that, we're starting to breach some trust. Right. right. So um, when I am defining tasks, though, it's, you know, literally going through the list of all the tasks, defining the things that have to be me, and then handing out all of those things. So everything that I do is before the phone rings. So creating the phone to ring, making that happen, yep. doing actions that cause the phone to ring. So everything in front of the phone ringing, that's me. Everything ha- happens after the phone rings, that's somebody else. Oh, I love that. That's mm-hmm. such a simple way to define it. And mm-hmm. that is so, that makes so much sense to me. Yeah. And my, I love that, that my phone's starting to ring now. I just kind of stopped making cold calls. Yeah. It's Don't nuts. stop though. That's I that know, whole exactly. running down the hill thing. Keep running. I keep know. making your calls. I need to start keep on it. Mm-hmm. But when my phone rings for a new listing, it's just keep keeps happening. It's been, it's been kind of refreshing. Yeah. And I really enjoy it. And then the trickle down economics of my team, the more right. listings I get, the more money my, my whole team makes. Absolutely. So it sounds like you start on a trust level and then they have to lose their trust. Yeah. I'm pretty trusting in general. I, um, if I've interviewed you and you've done all the things and we've had conversations, I do start at a level of trusting. Um, I don't, I don't start it. I don't trust you until you build my trust right. kind of thing. I mean, I genuinely think that most people are good people and that they're going to, I trust them to beginning and uh, unless they give me a reason not to trust them. And then I let them go because our business is entirely too high confidence. Um, and 
I hand off so much that I can't not trust somebody. Good for you. I like mm-hmm. that. I think that's just a healthier way of living as well. Yeah. Just operate on starting with trusting people. And then, you know what, if you get burned onward, upward and- You know, and I have a habit and I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's a good habit, but when I'm in a relationship with somebody and I've determined that I no longer can trust them, I can cut a bitch real quick. (laughs) And I, I, and I just like, just cut them out. And and I don't know if that's super healthy or not, but it's where my, my heart and my brain goes. Because when I meet somebody, I genuinely give them my whole heart. And if I can't trust them and they're they're, they've hurt me, they're out. I mean, they're all the way out. I don't know. I think that might be a healthier way of living because you do operate with your whole heart. And when someone's in, they're in, you give it your Mm -hmm. all. And you know, if they cross the line, I think it is a healthier way. That limbo time is really when you get the true hurt, when you're constantly fighting to keep it going and it's just not working. That's where I've had the worst yeah, heartache. Yeah, yeah. So my I husband, think that's great. my husband knows that about me. He's like, I don't ever want to cry because you will cut me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tell him. Okay, hope you're listening. Don't mess this up. <laughs> don't mess this up. He's like, you will cut me out if I don't if I don't measure up. I'm like, yep, yep. Yeah, you're oh, right. Good for you. <laughs> you taught him from the beginning. He's yeah. not gonna mess it up. So, uh, you you had you mentioned just real quickly there. You mentioned cold calling, and we're talking about delegation. And your your phone's ringing like crazy because you're getting lots of listings. Have you thought about delegating your cold calls? Yes, absolutely. It's one of my strengths. Is I'm really really good at cold calling. Also because of I can snap right back if it's a bad call. It doesn't even affect me. Yeah. Well, it'll, like give me five seconds, then I'm good. But. Um, <laughs> So I would like to either get like, buy, I know you can buy people that'll like cold call for you. You can buy people. people. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> totally, totally correct. You yeah, can just buy, buy people. <laughs> I'm on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, or maybe I can even get my team to start doing it. I would like to pass that off because yeah. you have to make a lot of calls before you even contact somebody. Yeah. A lot of just phone dialing. And there are systems I know that you can buy that will just call the numbers and you'll just stay on the phone, just keep calling and calling and calling. So you can kind of work until someone says hello. Yeah. So I would like to start getting more in tune to that. You know, cold calling in general is a great task to, to give to somebody else on your team because number one, they need to know that part of sales is cold calling. Right. And I've got somebody on my team right now doing my past database phone calls, just calling all my clients and just checking in on them, seeing how life's going and looking for reasons to celebrate them like babies and anniversaries and weddings and things like that. And, And then, you know, they always ask for the business at the end of it. But, you know, you can hire a virtual assistant to do that too. That's huge. And there are, I mean, there's some really bad ones and then there's some really, really good ones. And so you have to spend the money. You do. They're, they're not expensive. Oh, really? No, I had a virtual assistant um, and he cost me $6 an hour. He was college educated and what? he was over the moon because the conversion rate on that, um, I don't know exactly how the math is, but I was paying $6 an hour at 40 hours a week. So it was like 17,000 something or others in, in the Philippines for him. It was, wow. it was a humongous amount of money for them. And so they are on the opposite side of the time of the time clock. So, you know, when we're working during the day, they're working at night, but he was very, very grateful. And he did a lot of cold calling for me and he had a great voice and he did really well. Oh and my gosh, that is so smart. How did you find him? Um, I actually have a company. Um, uh, my friend Richard Smith owns the company and he, that's, that's what they do. The they make the connection and they, they bring you a handful of qualified candidates and they, um, you know, resumes and disc profiles and all those things and you interview them. And for me, it was really important to have a proper voice, uh, right. especially being huge. in Montana, you yeah. know, um, you know, it, 
we don't have a lot of diversity in Montana. And so uh, when a lot of Montanans hear people with an accent on the phone, they instantly think it's somebody from the Philippines. Right. Um, so, you know, so it's important for them to be able to speak in a way that is not, um, that doesn't immediately it's put somebody off. That, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And also the, the sing-songy of a voice is important too. So the fact that they yes. actually, if they have the good dialect, but also can sound warm and charming, that's really huge. So I have a question. When you ask for the business... Um, when he makes those calls, what verbiage does he use after he's checking in? Yeah, you know, they'll just say, you know, how's it going? How's the house? We always can talk about the house, right? How's the house? Oh, great. You put a back porch on. Wonderful. Um, uh, what did you guys decide to do? Did you do tracks or did you do redwood? Like they lit- he literally takes it down the line into, Whoa. you know, talking details, just small talk with people. And they love chatting with him. Um, and then at the end of it, and just be like, okay, well, you know, it's been really great talking to you. Oh, by the way, um, if you ever hear of anyone that needs to buy or refinance, would you please um, keep us in mind? We'd love to work with other people just like you. And you oh, know, I like people that. are just Put it back on them. Yeah, say someone just like you. Like that makes yeah. them feel like they're special. Can I count on you? Right. And mm-hmm. again, people like we have our connections with our clients and they care about us, but really only people care about themselves. So the sure. more we can make it about them, the better. Oh yeah. And we generally, we're genuinely wanting to call and check in and, right. you know, and I have them um, looking for reasons to celebrate. And I think that that's really important and, you know, wanting to just, just touch base. I've got over 2,500 people in my database and I can't call them myself every single day. Um, but I, I do want to know how they are and right. they report back to me if there's something that needs, somebody needs help or anything like that. So oh, that's so nice. Yeah, and it is. And we have so many clients that we go through. I would love to start making those calls again. Again, I've just been so busy. I've been letting go some of the things I know work for me. So I want to get back on and start doing that. But yeah. Maybe I could delegate that not to somebody. You. Yep. Yeah, that's and especially not you. <laughs> because I want the listings and I want to give away the buyers to my buyer's agents. So it's a great way for them to just get on the phone, say they work for me, yeah. make those calls and see if they know anyone buying. Yeah, because they don't really care if it's you calling. They're just wanting to be heard. Right. You know, and if, you're, if your buyer's agents call and say, hey, I work with Alicia Rutz. And, you know, she, she told me she was raving the other day about how awesome of a client you were. And I just thought I'd call and introduce myself and just see how you're doing. And if that conversation just results in, oh, I've been meaning to call you guys. I, I need to sell my house. It's just not working for us anymore. And here you are, you've been proactively making the phone call and you've helped somebody. Right. Because all we do is help people. We don't, I mean, it's not like we're doing, I mean, I know root canals are helping people, but like <laughs> we, we just help canal. people. That's, uh, that's all we do. When they're, when they're done with it, working with either of us, they, they are the better for it. Yep. We so. do, uh, for Thanksgiving, we give away pies to every single one of my past clients. I it takes that. a long time, but the whole team goes out, gets different areas, sends out all the pies. And uh, we got three listings about a week after we gave out the pies. Yeah. I'm like, oh, hey. And uh, it was, you know, buyers from six years or sellers from six years ago. And, you know, I think they forgot about me a little bit, you know, and they got sure. the pie and I got the call. You know, so it's I think it. it's important for people that salespeople that are listening right now is that even if you haven't called your past database in six years, call them now. Because I love that. people think like, oh, well, I haven't called them every year and they're going to think I'm, think I'm an asshole because I haven't, uh, I haven't called them. They're really not thinking about you as nearly as much as you think that they are. They're just happy that you reached out. I think that's great advice. Sometimes if you put something off long enough, you think, oh, it's too late. I can't do that now. No, it's not too late. Right. It's yeah. not too late. Just keep going. Just like, you know, just like the diet and exercise program, right? Like if you fall off the wagon, get back on, keep going. Oh, well, let's detract there. 
How are you? You speaking of falling, you had a crazy fall. Oh my gosh. Let's not thing. talk about that. Oh, uh, you, you know, thing. you know, the older you get, the harder you fall, right? You know, we're just, it's just the, as the years keep ticking by, it just, it just takes a little bit longer to get healed up. Oh, I'm telling people you fell in the shower, hurt your knee, hurt your back, hurt your rib. Is it going to be oh hard to gosh. work? No, I'm, I'm, I'm working just fine. I just shuffling around a little bit, but I, I'm actually, it's, I'm three weeks out. I'm on the mend, but there's just some things like, you know, I can't run yet. Yeah, that That's going to take a while. That's going to take a while to get back on track. But and I have a black eye. You have a black eye. <laughs> we're, we're hot. So we're crushing it today. We're crushing it everywhere. <laughs> and mine's a terrible story. I bent down to pick up a pen. That's not even playing soccer or something cool. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard doing life. It is. Oh, what are we doing? <laughs> so how do you find strengths and weaknesses in people in, in trying to figure out how, what tasks you're going to be able to delegate to them? I mean, what do you look for and like in people in order to find what you should give to them? So far, I just look for good people, people who if doesn't, I don't care about necessarily what type of personality they have, but if they're a good person who's going to do the right thing. And I know it sounds cheesy, but there's a lot of people that truly, they only care about the sale. And it's easy at the beginning too, especially you're really hungry. You're going to do probably, you're more likely, I feel like to push it more than you should in some situations. But if I can find just good, honest people, that's my starting base. Right. What I'm not good the best at is I think everyone has the same skills as me because things just come easy and naturally to me. And those same things don't come easily and naturally to other people. Like I just don't have that stress brain. If I have a problem, I just solve it and figure it out where some people just, you know, they have to really think about it and process it. And for me, that's kind of hard. I'm like, you know, let's just deal with it. Let's just get on the phone, figure it out and do it. So what I need to get better at is look, seeing that better, not, yeah, forcing them to be more like me, but just saying, okay, this is how you're going to process it. And right. this is how I will, I would deal with it. Right. And we're a little bit different than you where my buyer's agents and my team, they all have their own clients where we're all kind of doing the same thing. I'm just at right. the top of the pyramid. So I'm trying to get, just keep continuing to get better at saying, okay, you're going to be a different agent than me. That's great. I want right. you to be a different agent than me because no one, not everyone can be me, but seeing, yeah, seeing where their um, weaknesses are is not necessarily weakness, but just something right. that we can, that's different. Yeah. Some people do things differently than we do and, and it's okay. Right. And it's, it's good, I think, to empower your team to, you know, to do it their own way, you know, train them your way. That's, that's the way I always start with. It's like, you're, I'm going to teach you how to do it my way. But if you see a way that you feel like is more efficient or flows better with you, or, you know, I give them scripts and things and it just kind of doesn't really roll off their tongue. I'm like, if you're saying the same thing, I don't care what it is that you're saying. Right. You know, I just need, like, we need to hit these high points, these bullet points and be able to make sure that we're, you know, asking for the business. Don't forget scripts that part. Scripts work really well. Yeah. I hated scripts. I thought it was so cheesy and so awful, but then I will find myself using my own form of that script. Yeah. They study scripts. They, you just study them. So you know them. And that way, if you feel yourself getting a little cold or it's not quite on, you can go to the script and suddenly it'll start to flow and become your own. I'm a huge, huge fan of scripts. You know, I was just talking to my team the other day and I I have this to do on my list yet. Um, They commonly want to know what it is I would say in a particular situation. Me too. Every day. How would you say this? And they'll write it down word by word. Yeah. So, you know, we have some very common rebuttals that are exactly the same thing. I mean, you just start after you've been in it a while. It's the same. It's the same rebuttal every single time. And, you know, some days you're not as spot on as other days. 
but it's really great to actually like just type out what the rebuttal would be and what the proper response is that you would have on a great day, the right response that sounds intelligent and and put that next to your phone so you know exactly what to say. And your team knows like, this is what we say when this is happening or this is what ha- when they say this. And so my team has actually asked me to type up um, a bunch of rebuttals and so and so that they can script it out. I mean, they're just scripts. That's what they are. Right, exactly. And but then they can the be script. brilliant. And because they're just, you know, they're greener. They don't have the confidence in saying the things that I say or they don't have the knowledge to know, you know, like an eighth difference in an interest rate on a $300,000 loan is only about $12 difference in the payment. You know, right. they don't know those things or they don't know things like when people are calling, everybody wants the, you know, the, the lowest rate. There's so much to having an interest rate. It's not just about having the lowest rate. And so explaining to people, how long is it going to be that you're going to own this house? If you're only going to own this house for two years, it doesn't make any sense for you to spend extra money to buy down the interest rate to get the lowest uh, the, the lowest rate because you're never going to reap that money back. And so those kinds of things that they just, they're just not as quick and witty about it as I am. Because um, you understand the whole process better. I do. It's a way more complicated than people realize. And it's hard to understand. So if they have those little rebuttals and they have that little t- bits of information that are written out in front of them, it can right. make the whole picture clearer. Right. So what you're doing, even though it's like, okay, these are rebuttals to like help them understand it, it actually helps your team understand the whole big picture as well. And when they say it out loud, and they can see how it's working, they get the whole yeah, yeah. The whole picture. Yeah, they're learning. And then again, circling back to trust, I know exactly what they're saying. That's I know huge. they're not saying the wrong thing because they're floundering around trying to find the right answer. Um, I heard somebody the other day explaining APR completely backwards. And I was like, oh, I got to give you, I got to <laughs> give you something on that. You know, not their fault at all. They just don't have the proper information in front of them. So I'm going to make sure to write a script up for that. So, oh, but then nice. I can trust th- that they're going to say the right thing. So, you know, that's not their fault. That's my fault. I need to get better at that and, and train them better and give them better tools so that I can carry on and know that my message is being clear. I really like that. I think that's a really smart idea. Because yeah. I'm constantly, again, I like even write text for people. Right. And we have a lot of newer agents in our, just our office in general that I'm constantly helping with. Like it's, it's, re- I think that'd be really great to have things just written out and ready to go. Yeah. Or it, you know, if you do copy and paste your texts and put them in a book, like yes. just a binder, like this is what the client asked. This is what I said. And just so, that they, just so newer people just know how to, how to deal with people, how to respond. Because when you are new, People can get you worked up pretty easily. They, they sound smarter than you. They talk faster than you. They're an attorney or they're an engineer and they're so brilliant and you feel like an idiot, you know? And so uh, you just often stumble and fall all over yourself. And that's what makes newer people just feel unconfident. And right. that's why they lean on us so much. And I think one of the biggest parts of delegating in my business, probably not quite as much in yours, but you still need it, is actually delegating to a whole new source. So Mm. you need to be the source of the source. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a contractor. I'm not a lender. So you can connect them with the right source to get the information. And I know a lot about accounting. My husband's an accountant by trade. I know a lot about law, just from what family estates that my family's been through. And I know the information. I'll give them what I know, but still tell them you need to contact this accountant or this lawyer or what have you, because that's when you get in trouble. And I'm seeing a lot of younger agents try to do too much there yeah. and even on title or whatever it is that they're trying to get them all the information gives say way too much. And I see them saying the wrong things. Yeah. And that's again, where you're going to get in trouble. So be the source of the source. Absolutely. That's, a, that's another great point on delegation, not just delegation to your team, but delegation for your clients. Because, you know, we, I, 
often, I mean, almost every single day, I'm trying to undo what a newer realtor has told a client about how financing is going to look and what their rate's going to look like and what the program's going to look like. Goodness gracious, if you are not an accountant, please don't quote accounting rules. I always say I am not an accountant. You need to call your accountant and ask them. Or if you're not an attorney, please don't quote that. And this is everybody like stay in your lane and then refer and delegate well and have a good referral source and build a relationship with somebody that you can be able to refer these questions to. Yep. Because like, I don't know anything about your contract, about your your buy-sell agreement. I have no business answering questions about that and vice versa. Exactly. Please don't quote rates and programs. Exactly. That's my job. Yes. And that's going to save you a lot of time and hassle farther down the road by just giving them somebody else's name. Or if you don't have... So what we're supposed to do is give three contacts for anything that they ask for. That way it also saves us. If they have a terrible contractor and it goes downhill, you can say, well, I gave you three names and you can do your due diligence from there. So that's also hard to just get your clientele up and knowing a bunch of people, but that's what we're supposed to do. And it just will save you issues though. It'll save you a lot of headache if you give them the give them the right number to call for the information that they need. Yeah. You know, I th- the three name thing, yeah, I've tell seen, me what you I've, I've heard a lot of pushback about the three name tell thing. Me, tell in me, fact, tell me. In, so I'm, I'm not an attorney. I am not a real estate attorney. <laughs> call Please your, call your lawyer call me and yell you at me know. because this is something that is, that it goes around the real estate world a lot. And, yes. and so the way I hear you explain it, that you're giving three names so that if you were to give the name of a contractor and it was a horrible contractor, you can't have a client come back to you and sue you for giving a bad name. Okay. But we still gave them the name. But you still gave them, yeah. So yeah. you gave them the name. Even and if we then, gave them three and one of them's awful, they picked the worst one that just happened to be having a bad day. I still gave them that name. Yeah. I, that's what I've been struggling with that too. Yeah, because here's the thing. Give like, them the one who's going to get the job done that you know gets it done every time. Right, because I hear that from realtors all the time. They're like, mm, I have to give three lenders names. Yes. And I'm like, I've actually heard that that is not correct. And so I'm not exactly sure... I've heard a real estate attorney say that that's not exactly correct. I am not a real estate attorney. So I'm just pushing back on that and saying that I know that we're supposed to give names, but I refer somebody to you, to a realtor. You just give them one name. I give them one name. And And then you cycle through like your clientele. Well, actually, you know, for me, when I'm giving a realtor name out for as a referral, I am literally in my mind trying to pair the client with the realtor that I think is the right fit for them. That makes sense. Certain realtors do things differently. Like I don't want to refer a um, a client that's trying to buy a ranch to to a realtor that does subdivisions and new construction. Right. Like that's not really a good pair. So I'll go through like, okay, they want to buy a ranch property. I'm going to find a ranch realtor. Right. You know, and pair them and pair them well. Um. You know. So I don't know. I've just pushed okay, back I on that. I love that. I'm so with you, and it's always bothered me too. It's something that comes from my broker a lot. Okay. I want to hear people's comments in the comment section. Yeah. Tell us what you think about the three rule or the the, the three, three name, name rule. Thing. I'm really really curious what you do because. You are right. I'd rather get one name of somebody I know is going to make it happen compared right. to three. No- and everyone's busy. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're they busy. don't want three names. They yeah. want the name of the person yeah. that's going to get it done. I think I need to change. I'm going to. Yeah. Let me see your comments. I'm curious. Yeah. About it. I would be really interested in seeing that real estate law in print yes. because I think it's just one of those old adages that we always say. And I think it's taught in real estate classes, but I would like to actually see it in writing. I'm into it. Well, thank you. This was so fun and interesting to talk about delegation. I think mm-hmm. we're both getting better at it. And yeah. I appreciate talking to you about it. This is awesome. We've got some delegation to do today. 
thank you for joining us today. Tune in next week for another episode of Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate.